Amen. Praise God. All right, we'll get into the word. We thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord. Open our hearts to hear what you're saying today. We thank you, Lord, that we want to master the things that pertain to the kingdom. We want mastery. We don't want to be standing around looking for handouts or being confused, but as people who master your kingdom uh, rules and your kingdom way of doing things, we will have command over our lives and more beside. We'll have an overflow for others who need it. So we thank you, Lord, that this is your system and this is your way. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. Amen. Praise God. So we were talking about the seed principle and the healing seed specifically yesterday. And so as we were uh, talking about it, we laid down a few principles about uh, getting your health from the word and allowing the word to give you divine health and not accepting a substitute. Amen. Now, there are many, you know, you'll see it all the time. Everybody's got something different. They want to give you herbs. They want to give you vitamins. They want to give you. Now, listen, girls, I ain't talking about that kind of herb. Close the class. (laughs) We're talking about supplements, what they call it. Probably some of them is is just as uh, uh, beneficial. I'll get you some paper. I know you don't like to just (laughs) Well, you got some. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. You know, there's always some kind of substitute. And that's because people are looking for substitutes to the word. See, there we wouldn't be able to get so many people involved in things if there were no interest in it. And so many times we think it's going to be too hard to, to believe God for a health a breakthrough in your health and, and divine health and healing or healing from a specific uh, injury or or disease that they may have given it a name or something like that Uh, any kind of difficulty in our bodies we may think that because it might take some effort and some time that we just don't want to go there so we're always looking for substitutes your minds will always search around and say well maybe this will work or maybe that will work and maybe the other will work it's got so prevalent now you'll see christians ministers instead of ministering the word i mean you know you don't have to have a lot of experience with getting people healed to preach what's in the bible you know it might be a shock to you that you start preaching what you see written in there and you'll notice that the anointing will start working on people and god will begin to heal them or encourage them to get in their the word themselves or whatever and so just because we don't have experience with it or we've never seen it before, it doesn't mean it won't happen. And it doesn't mean it won't happen for us and through us and with us. And so that's, that's what faith is all about. Faith says you can, you can increase your faith through the hearing of the word. Well, how will they, they hear without a preacher? Amen. How can a preacher go except he be sent? How can he be sent unless he's called? And so this is God's system. You know what I'm saying? This is his way that, that he does what he does, and this is how he he uh, manages his kingdom and manages his people. 
but even if you do get remedy in a natural realm, and, and that can happen sometimes, you know, if you got a headache, you can either talk to it and make it leave, or you could take an aspirin. Oh, I know, we don't do aspirin anymore. What are they doing out there? Motrin, acetaminophen, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, it, 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 it's up to you how you do that, but your best investment will be in your faith. See, the, the natural remedy is going to come and go, but the word is going to have to work for you regardless. There's some things that you don't have a natural substitute for. You can only get it from the word of God. And so we have to respect and honor the word that way because it is above every other natural thing that you might want to put in its place. See, the word will deliver you from every ailment, every problem, every difficulty. There is an answer in God's word. Amen? There just is. I remember uh, when we were relatively new in the ministry, and, and I remember... I would, I would get concerned about it. I said, well, God, if somebody has a problem that I don't know anything about. And he said, well, that's, that's about like 99% of what they got. You don't know nothing about that girl. Don't be up there trying to tell people you do. You know what I'm saying? But he told me this. He said, there's always another scripture. There's always another prayer to pray. There's always another something that God can send to you to help you in your difficulties. So we can't really exhaust the word of God. We can't really, uh, stop what the word is doing. We can't, we don't, don't, don't challenge yourself too much, uh, to think that the word of God can be exhausted and to think that it's not going to be your, your ready answer and that it's not going to work. Amen. Isaiah 55, 11 says, that that so shall my word be he said just like you you know the the sun snow comes down from heaven rain comes down and waters the ground you know that that phrase you're as right as rain that's what that comes from rain is is a sure a certain thing it has a it it comes it con- consistently comes and it has a a desired effect, a predictable effect all the time. So it's right all the time. And so when we understand that, when just like the rain falls down and doesn't go back up again, that's pretty consistent, I would say. God says that's like his word. It will not come back and say, I couldn't heal them. I couldn't do it. So if we don't receive something, it's not the word's problem. See, the problem is not with the word. And so if there is an issue, there is a problem, we need to go to God and get enlightenment on how to remedy it. Don't don't keep asking what's wrong, amen? Is God, how do I fix this? I know it's wrong. <laughs> Yours truly, you know what I'm saying? But I'm working on it, amen? So just keep working on it and keep attempting to get things right in the in the things of God. Many times what's happening is we want to quit. Uh-huh. How many times you've said to you, I'm tired, tired. That is a commonly accepted phrase. What's really happening is your flesh man has got in the way and he's the one. Your flesh gets tired, your spirit doesn't. 
And really, your spirit is waiting for your flesh to get tired and get out of the way so he can do his thing. Amen? Your flesh is like, whoo, I've been waiting for this. Huh? Your flesh like, man, she a toughie. I thought, I didn't think she would go this long getting, being crazy, but daddy, huh? Won't. And so when we, when we understand that God wants us to deal with things by the spirit, that's amazing. You can go for many days doubting, not speaking to God, don't want to read that Bible, put it down, all that kind of stuff. We can go for many days like that and exhaust ourselves and then promise ourselves we just going to move on to something else. That just wasn't for me. I, you know, I'm going to give it whatever. And then you get in a situation where you have to call on God and he shows up and he's good to you and you rejoice in that and he got you because you just, he just snaps the trap down on you and corners you there. Oh God, I'm so sorry. I was just mad at you and I'm sorry. I said I wouldn't go pray no more and I wouldn't go believe you for this. And there you are back believing him again. Am I right? Am I right? Well, if you haven't been there, you are going to get there. Amen. It's called every everybody everywhere street. So we <laughs> we all go there someday. Doubt street, you know, in the flesh street. And so God is delivering us from our flesh dictating to us. See, your flesh is a cruel master. He wants to tell you you can't do this, you can't do that. He wants you to pick up the old life again. Amen? And many people do. You know, the walk of faith, the Bible says the narrow road. This is a narrow road. You ain't going to find no, a whole lot of people on it. Amen? And And it doesn't lead to the right place. But, I mean, it does. But the broad road leads to nowhere. Amen? So many people on it, they're not going anywhere. Everything's congested, overcrowded. Just like you see all these millions of protesters out. That means nothing. It means nothing. You got me? It's just a, a, a futile exercise because really the people out there protesting don't know what they want. They're just angry people. Amen? You just, you know, it, it just, it's no good. Amen? It's no good. The, the marches that they had during the 60s were significant because they were after something. And, and the leader knew what they were after. And when they got what they were after, it disbanded. Amen. You got a lot of people trying to keep it going now. You know, they, the old times say, you see that all the time. People resurrect things that used to work, like they do in the church sometimes. Keeping the old dead things alive. Well, it used to work for so-and-so. Everybody over notice when people, somebody gets a revelation, they start getting a lot of attention for it, selling a lot of books and tapes, everybody jumps on it. Yeah, so it's the same thing, you know, mob mentality. It'll pass, amen, amen. Because God is a God of order, he's not a God of disorder, you know. There's a way to get change to occur if you're really serious about it, but many people aren't that serious about it, so. That's just my little aside, all right? So you don't have to receive it. Take it for what it's worth. But that was an example that everybody can relate to. Amen? So there are a lot of people out there doing that, going nowhere. Amen? I mean, if it's significant to them, that's wonderful. But in the overall scheme of things, 
There's God and there's the devil. And you got to find out where God is if you're going to be successful at anything. So praise God. So really the seed principle tells us that if we will hide the word in our hearts, cultivate the soil of our hearts, make sure the soil of your heart is rich in faith, rich in the word, and rich in obedience to God, then you you can begin to see that healing seed grow. That's how the healing seed grows, is through uh, being planted in good quality soil. And so we went through the parables about the soil yesterday. The first place was, first example was the, the seed that fell by the wayside. That means that whoever planted it was just careless about where they put it. Amen. And so, it, and it doesn't happen too often. Many times if a farmer say is planting wheat seed, which is very lightweight, some of it will blow away and not get embedded in the earth. And so that's the people who, uh, you know, just don't really ever get it rooted in, don't meditate on it long enough to get it. You ever notice sometimes a, a, a minister will get up and announce a scripture, and, you know, people start to, yeah, yeah, and clap and carry on and all that, and as they go to sleep for the rest of the sermon. Amen. It's by the wayside. Amen. Yeah. It never really got in there. They just, they just wanted to get a little crowd reaction. You know, religious people always act like they're in the word all the time. Amen. You can read a scripture and everybody applaud like, and then somebody said, I just read that yesterday. I knew you was going to preach on that. And then he go to the bathroom and stay in there for the rest of the uh-huh. So they missed the whole point of what the word is for. It's sad. It really is. You know, it's, you know, and the devil is beating them up day and night and they trying to keep up a, a holy face and a religious face like they got it all together. So that's the wayside people. Amen. I mean, yeah. And then there's people that, that, it, the seed lands on a rock and it grows for a minute. And you would think it wouldn't. Now think about it. A rock is the hardest thing. And it talks about the condition of a person's heart when they don't allow love to penetrate and faith to come in. So it won't, it, it, the Bible says it, it, it grows for a little bit. Then when the hot sun springs comes it withers away amen hot sun on a hard heart gets more ground in and parched and dry and amen hot sun is things that don't go well in your life you ever see people that come in and you bring them to church and they come good for a couple of times and then you don't see them no more they don't answer the phone anymore don't answer and and you really thought they enjoyed it oh i had the best time and i you understand what I'm saying? It's true. And, and they'll get a little word in them and, and, and then they get home and got the same problems and the problems are more important to them. I want to say your husband been looking at you ugly for 35 years. Now you really going to let that stop you from reaching out to God? 
And if he lives long, he's going to be looking ugly for 35 more. Are you really going to let that move you to the point that you don't want to hear the word of God anymore? And their hearts really never soften. These are the people that somebody heard them way back when, and they still talk about it. Huh? If you catch them in the nursing home, they'd be looking at the roster, see who's checked in, see if that person is down the hall from her. <laughs> I knew she was going to show up here. I told you I was going to get her back. Huh? Crazy stuff. But we have to allow the word of God to penetrate our hardened hearts. We really do. And, and the longer we meditate, I mean, even if it hurts your feelings to admit certain, certain things, at least you're moving on. You know what I'm saying? You're making progress. Amen. So we have to allow the word to penetrate, put conviction on us to make some changes to, and the change need, that needs to be made, all you have to do is agree that it's true and let God do the work. You know, there's no work there. But you don't want to be a person that has a hardened heart, that doesn't want to listen, that doesn't want to consider the word of God or, or what, what say even a minister would tell you. Amen. And so we have to be people who are, are primed and ready to obey God so that in our time of need, we've got fertile soil for that word to penetrate and get embedded in. You've got to let that word begin to grow in you. Because if you're, if you've got symptoms, sickness is trying to grow in you. So you gotta put something in there to choke that out instead of letting the sickness choke out the word. Amen? And so it, it, it's like that with the different kinds of soil. So we have to really cultivate the soil of our hearts. How do we do that? Number one, always be receptive to the word. Always be receptive to yield to correction, even though it may make you feel and look immature, silly, disrespected, stupid. I don't know what we call it, but it, you, we're embarrassed sometimes when we need correction and we have to, to stand. Everybody gets that. That's a normal flesh reaction. But we're spirit people. We don't live by the flesh. And so the more you can keep your spirit engaged in your life, the more softened your heart is so that you can can really now let the word of God begin to dwell in you richly, as the Bible says, by faith. You want that richness in your life that whenever something comes up, you don't fear. You You know God will respond to you. You have a ready answer coming. And it's not a challenge to you. The more things you don't want to hear, the less God is going to be able to help you at all. You understand what I'm saying? You know, some people close themselves off in a little box somewhere. You know, and, and you try to get in there and minister and help them. And, you know, they, <laughs> you know, they stabbing at you and all that kind of. We had, I had raccoons at, when I was in Detroit. I thought I put bread out for the whatever birds and there was raccoons was feasting on it. I had to call a raccoon trapper and he made fun of me. 
He said, oh, really? You were, we put that out for the birds? You think the raccoon knows he's not a bird? He don't know that's not his dinner and all. It's oh, okay. I, I get the picture. But anyway, he left a trap on our porch for the raccoon. The cat got in there. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we saw the cat in there. And so I told Aubrey, I said, oh, I says, whose cat is that? We knew it had to be a neighbor's cat or something. He said, I don't know, but he's pretty ticked off. He in there. He said, that, that kid is not happy. And so we, you, we had to put a cover over it so he wouldn't howl and go crazy, you know, so no, he would. And when you would go up there, I mean, you couldn't even get close enough to know what it was, but we knew it was somebody's cat. So, but, but that's the way sometimes people get when their hearts are hardened against the word. You come near them and you're their biggest enemy. Amen. You you know, you kind of got to throw them a little bit in the cage. You know what I mean? Throw them a Jesus loves you. You know, it's going to be all right. I'm praying for you. Don't pray for me. Huh? <laughs> you know, so we got to let our hearts get softened. You got saved because you let God soften your heart to the gospel. It might have been out of desperation and need, but it you, it was softened. <clears throat> and he expects us to keep our hearts softened. The softening, that's your responsibility. To stay in the word, keep meditating on the word. You know, just open your Bible sometimes and say, God, talk to me. Tell me what I need. Tell me something. Amen. You know, in, instead of going in there trying to uh, get some evidence for something you want to prove to somebody. You got me? You know how people do. You know, the more witchcraft people in the churches, they throw you in the Psalms. That's what I remember. I'm going to put her in the Psalms. Oh, uh, like God is into their witchcraft. We're not to to mismanage the word like that. That word is your friend. Amen. And you can't get God involved in, in messing people's lives up. He, you can get him involved in helping their needs all day long. <clears throat> so the softened heart will tend to want to do those kinds of things. So, so when you get the seed buried inside your heart, though, that's when it begins to sprout and grow. And so many times we have still have symptoms in the meantime. But that doesn't mean that word is not growing. Amen. So yesterday we passed out some little reminders of the things that we need to keep in mind. If you weren't here yesterday, you can get them. But you need to keep in mind certain things. Put it up on your refrigerator. Put it up on instead of going grabbing the door without looking what's on there. Look what's on the refrigerator. The contents will be there. Amen. Amen. Well, put it on your mirror there. Keep keep yourself out of trouble. Put it on the mirror. Amen. But but it's always good to keep the word in front of your eyes so you can hide it in the midst of your heart. When you get it in your heart, that's when it brings life and health to all of your flesh. That's when it begins to work for you. And so as long as we're able to do that, then we will have the things that God wants us to have out of life. Amen. You, your healing is on the way. It's coming. You are more healed today than you were yesterday. 
As long as you feast on the word. Feasting on the word does so many things. It keeps doubt from settling in on you. That is the worst thing sometimes to have to contend with. You know, doubt has so many different crazy manifestations. You know, sometimes when you think about time, that's a manifestation of doubt. When you start thinking about, um, maybe I'm not doing this right, that's a manifestation of doubt. Amen? When you began to pray, you felt totally confident about what you were believing God for. Then with the passage of time and idleness in our brains sometimes, we allow the enemy to set up some kind of seed of doubt, and he always dresses it up in a pretty package. Because it don't look like doubt. Amen? It looks like your best friend. The religious spirit. Huh? Oh, I must be doing something wrong. I don't know what's wrong with me. Whenever you start judging yourself wrong, you're on the wrong page. That's doubt masquerading as some kind of of um, uh, a good a helper for you. You know, it tries to make you think it's really trying to help you get your healing, but really, what it's doing is stealing it from you. Because if there's something wrong, the Holy Ghost is bigger than the devil. He'd be the first one to tell you. You can trust God. If if there's something really wrong, the Holy Spirit will tell you, get up and read this scripture. Why don't you go here in the word? Why don't you do this in the word? He's your helper to get you to where you need to be. But you're not sitting out here clueless, doing something wrong and clueless about it. He wouldn't be a faithful God if he let you run around clueless. And if you want to continue to doubt and, and, and say there's something wrong, he'll let you do it. Amen. Until you maybe get back in service and get slapped around a couple times. You say, oh, that's what was wrong. How did I do that? I did it again. Amen. And so when, when we understand God's assistance for us, his help for us, all those things, then that should give you much more confidence that your healing is coming. You see what I'm saying? Because it's always manifesting. It's always, listen, the Bible says that, 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 that guy started to get better. Let me find this scripture because I, I wanted to go over it yesterday. I didn't, don't know if I missed it or not. Let me see. Let me try John chapter 4. John. Let me get John. (laughs) John 4. Chapter 4. Sister McKinney, did you do our errand yet? That's what I thought. (laughs) She all busy back there. All right. Yeah, John chapter 4, start in verse 40, 43. Now after two days, he, Jesus, departed from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, seeing all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went to the feast. So this is a crowd that's following him. Amen. 
So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for the son was at the point of death. Jesus said to him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. So that's a challenge, amen. And also, Jesus is reading his heart. What what you need to expect God to demand of you is that you must believe before you see it. So Jesus wants to move this man from sight faith to invisible faith. When we start praying for something and believing God for something, many times your mind will wander over to the realm of sight. You've got to consider not many things if you're going to get your healing from God, if you're going to get anything from God. In fact, the book of James tells us you can't even waver. He said, don't think you're going to get anything from God if you're wavering. And so many times we're we're quote unquote trying to find out what's wrong when we really know what's wrong. Your faith isn't complete yet. You're beginning to waver now. So you gotta do certain things to make yourself stop wavering. See, I mean it's work. It's it's a work of discipline, is really what it is. It's more uh commanding yourself. To not consider certain things and only consider certain other things. And then you, you will be convinced at some point so that you don't waver anymore. Cause this works. Amen. This works. And so he says, and a noble one said to him, sir, come down or if you don't, my son will die. And Jesus said, go your way. Your son's alive. Now is he going to do it? Is he going to believe Jesus or not? That's always the challenge. Jesus said, I don't need to go anywhere. You go. Because your boy's healed. And if you get to getting, then we'll know you don't need to see signs and wonders in order to believe anymore. See, everybody who followed him from Cana of Galilee was wanting to see something. Huh? This is the, the typical, uh, Benny Hinn crowd or Oral Roberts crowd or Jesus crowd. Many of them were, were, they would hinder people who had faith from even getting close to the Lord because they were all gathered around trying to see something. Many times in these meetings, people, they don't even come alive until the anointing starts to flow and they can start seeing people get up and give testimony. They they get bored during the word. They get up and go buy more popcorn if they're one of them big venues. All that kind of stuff. It's until the show starts, we're not interested. And God wants us interested in his word all the time. So you get interested in it when you have a need. The longer the need persists, the more interested you get in it. Interesting, isn't it? How interested. But it is true. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He's after something. He's up to something. Much more than what we know in his dealings with us as far as faith is concerned, as far as our needs are concerned. 
there's some things, yeah, you can you can live with this, you can live with that, but is that God's will for you? Sometimes we just got to really want God's will and say, God, you know what? I'm thinking I don't know half the stuff you have in store for me because I'm sitting here quibbling about how much time has gone by since so and so and such and such. You know what I'm saying? I've been in the Word trying to get this for two years. Well, let me ask you this. If you get it today, what are you going to do with your time? Fluffy. Now some of these people just primp all the time. You're going to do stay in the mirror all day long. You're not in the Word. What you going to do? What's your time? <laughs> Are you busy? Is you know you booked up somewhere? We holding you up from important things? What you got planned that you can't read the Bible? <laughs> so Jesus says, "Go, your son's alive." Now is he going to go, or is he going to continue to? <laughs> He don't have any choice. Huh? See, sometimes your only hope is supernatural healing. (laughs) It's like that sometimes. But just because that's your only option, it doesn't diminish your chances of getting it from God. Your chances of see, if you had a lot of options, you could still get it from God. See what I'm saying? It makes no difference. If they call your case hopeless, they call it incurable, they call it all kinds of things, you could still get it. God. Amen. God cares not what man says about your situation. He's still God. But you got to work his principles. So Jesus gives him simple instruction. Go your way. Your son's alive. And the man believed what Jesus had spoken. How do we know he believed it? He went his way. He went. He obeyed God. See, that's how he knows we believe him. We obey him. That's how he knows we love him. We obey him. That's how he knows we we love him because we love one another. Amen? That's all a part of it. And so he tells him, go your way, your son's alive. And as he was now going, his servants met him and told him, he said, your son's alive. And he asked him, he said, when did he get better? See, a lot of people would get there like the the nine out of the ten lepers got their healing and kept moving. They just went on back to whatever lepers do when they get rid of their leprosy. I don't know. But only one turned around and came back to thank God for it. Hey? Just like this man. Only a few people are going to be curious as to how it happened. You need to want to know, what did I do right? After so much doubt and so much time and so much wavering and so much, and then finally you get it and we run off with it like a thief or something, you need to stand back and thank God and just ask him, how did this happen that I was able to overcome this after all this time? Sometimes it's just you put a demand on your faith to produce for you. Sometimes you're desperate. you got to have it. You ever get real desperate for something and you turn the TV off? You turn it every, put the shades down? (laughs) 
Get your Bible open, and you don't have that electronic Bible that talks to you. I kind of like my guy, though. He's kind of like, well, you know what I heard one now? I got one with some old crazy lady on there. She wasn't saved, and I know it. Huh? Because she didn't sound like this guy. Well, anyway, I digress. Let me get back to the, uh-huh. But he says, he inquired of them the hour that his son began to amend. Amen? With us, we begin to get better when we believe we receive. When you pray. The minute you pray and tell God, you know what, God, I received this. I believe I receive it right now. And then you go on your merry way and you're still getting better and better and better the farther you get away from that place of having received it. I don't care what your symptoms look like. Your symptoms can take a nosedive, but you're still more healed and you're getting better. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe that as you go, go on thanking God and going, go on in the word, that you are getting better every single time you breathe, every single time you meditate on the word, every single time. You know, stay stay with the things of the spirit. Amen. Now, you can't just pray one time and go get run off in the flesh and go back to your old flesh routine. We're talking about people who are committed to the way of God. It's And this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to get as many people committed as he can to obeying his word and living for his word. And they said after they told him the time and he knew that it was in the same hour that Jesus told him, your son's healed. So when Jesus tell you you're healed, believe it. Because you are. I don't care what the symptoms like. And see, that man wasn't where his son was. He had to walk all the way back. But the mercy of God allowed somebody to be on their way to bring him good news. Amen. And so his waiting time was cut short. Even though he knew and he believed what Jesus told him, you still have to see the evidence of it at some point or it's not real. And so when we know that that when he tells us the time and the place that it's going to take place, then we we have a, a, a surety in God. And you've got to say to yourself, this faith stuff works. I think I'll stick with this. Amen. It would be a, a miscarriage of justice, really, for us to go back to natural things once we've started in faith. But many people do. A lot of people, God heals them. They run off and do other things. Then there are many people who have started a healing ministry being thankful to God for what he's done for them. And I I would say this, I would rather allow God to take control of my life once he's given, given me evidence of his goodness. Amen. It's a time to let everything else go. But what God wants for you. Amen. Just just let it go and see what good can happen. There are more good things down the line. Amen? So, anyway, <clears throat> we said that spiritual things happen by the seed principle. Our healing is spiritual first. 
and then it will at some point it's guaranteed to manifest on the outside our seed is buried in our hearts so we have to make sure that our heart is able to nurture the seed that your heart is not hardened amen and not stiff but it's softened by the word of god it's softened by prayer it's softened by praying in the holy ghost the bible says it keeps us in the love of god amen that's why sometimes you you just get so dry about praying in tongues i well i know i do sometimes you know what i'm saying it's it's easier some and i thank god for prayer partners cuz that forces you to have to pray you understand in a way you know some people that don't move them they can disappoint their prayer partners for years and don't they don't bug them you know what i'm saying it's, well, I, I had something else to do. Always got an excuse. I'm not going to say a good one. There's no excuse is any good. Amen. What's good is performing what you're committed to do for God. Amen. So just as a natural seed is buried in the ground, the seed of God's word is buried in our hearts. As long as that seed is nourished, it will produce fruit. It will produce for you. The mystery of the seed, it starts out first the blade, then the ear, then the total plant comes up. So we said there may be some signs of encouragement of your health returning along the way. You know, and these aren't just faith accidents. These are manifestations of that seed of healing growing in you. Amen. They just are. And so, say for instance, you've had a pain for, I don't know, a couple of months, and it's less intense now. That means that healing seed is working in you. It's not just you had a good day. We're, we're not, when you, when you work by the Spirit, you're not subject to a good day or a bad day. Amen? You're working on something. And so the manifestation of that that healing seed will come to you in that your symptoms may get less intense than they were when you first started. Amen? Even though, you know, it might get get worse a little bit, but it gets better and better and better. If you stay in the Word, you know, all things equal, if you keep everything the way it is, then it you should see some progress. Now, some things happen, boom. You know, I, I watched this woman uh, give her testimony on the 700 Club where she had, uh, she was in an accident and her back was broken. And she was paralyzed from the waist down. She stayed in the wheelchair. And I think she was there for that way for about 16 years. This is interesting, though, and I thought about this a little bit. She said um, that, I'm trying to think now. In the meantime, she got married. She was a Christian. She got married. Her husband was saved like she was. Her husband encouraged her all the time to see herself walking. He said, you need to see yourself walking. You need to see this. But she said this. She said, I had been to so many healing meetings. Where people, she said, I've been dropped, I've been flopped, I've been everything. So she stayed away. 
I said she stayed away. Think what might have happened if she'd gone. See? All you've got to do is pray a simple prayer. God, don't let anybody touch me that you don't send to me. It's going to help me. You understand what I'm saying? And while you're at it, just look a little evil if you want to. They come up to you. <laughs> just shut everything down. Uh, give them the old prophet stare, you know. Y'all know how to do that. Amen. Y'all do it anyway. People say, say stuff like, you can't fool them watchmen. They know. <laughs> Even they kids know it and they right, you know. <laughs> But anyway, but she did finally go to a healing service. See, God had made her go to the place because that's where she was going to get her help. She just refused to believe it anymore. But she said instantly, huh? her husband had been feeding her the word. Thank God for a husband that will help in the right way. Amen. And encouraging her in her faith. He wouldn't let her faith for it die. And got at the right place at the right time, hooked up the right minister, and she said she was shocked when she got up and all her symptoms left her like that. Amen? Now, some things happen immediately like that. There's a place of conversion where they are converted and healed. Let me go to that so we can make sure we cover that. Matthew 13. See, you're starting many times ministering the word to yourself through reading, meditating on the word, confessing the word over yourself. Your confession is not to show God how how good you are. It's to convince you that the word's true. Because you need to be convinced. Amen. Because uh, we have so many other ideas on the inside of our brains. You know, we have to be totally, fully persuaded. Amen. So uh, your mind, your soul, has to be converted to cooperate with your spirit. Amen? So so say, for instance, you, uh, the doctors give you a diagnosis and you're fearful. And every time you go in the Word, you get you feel better for a little bit. But then you go back to being fearful again. Amen? The minute that you get away from that, it, it kicks back up again. So what's happening is there's a battle between the the mind of your spirit man and the mind of your carnal man. Your soul, your your spirit man has a, a brain and a mind just like your carnal man does. There's there's the Holy Ghost bearing witness in your soul when things are true. And so what you start to do is renew your mind. So you start thinking more like Christ. You start thinking more like God. And whenever some information comes to you, you choose which way you're going to put that information. So if you if you have a pain associated with your situation, your carnal mind will, will go ahead and, and do what it's always done, and that is focus on the pain. Then it'll start to investigate. You ever had your mind up? Wonder what that's about. Wonder what that means. Wonder, 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 wonder. Uh, 
when you when your mind is renewed and you're converted, that don't happen no more. And see, we think it's normal to think like that, but really it's normal not to consider what it looks like. And it can be a real challenge. It's it's normal and God did not consider what it feels like. Not consider what other people say about it. Not consider any of that stuff. Oh, what do I consider? The word. Consider the truth. How about that for a change? And so as we challenge the old nature, see, that's where sickness gets concentrated. That's where it's coming from, is the dominance of the old nature over your spirit, man. And and I'm telling you, not many people take the time to challenge the way they think and renew their minds with the word of God. It just don't happen that much. Know how I know? You can you can encourage people with scripture, you can encourage them and they fight it. It's, well that don't mean that. But you don't understand. You know, it's always some kind of excuse. That's a carnal mind talking, see? And the Bible says your carnal mind is the enemy of God. It can't even understand or appreciate the things of God. It fights it all the time. So if your mind is sitting there fighting when the word comes forth and making excuse, see your situation, you ain't like that now. Wait a minute. Now, Pastor Barb, she don't know what she's talking about on that one right there. Now, you know what? I received that prophecy she gave, but that right there, that ain't right. Huh? This isn't a Chinese menu. This is the word of God. You know, you don't go through it and, I don't like that, I like this. Huh? Because the restaurant owner don't care what you eat as long as you spend some money. So, you know, God cares what you eat. Amen? So here we are, Matthew 13. Let me find that. I didn't quite get there yet. Many parables. Jesus was an excellent teacher. In verse 11, he's still, he's explaining now the reason for the parables. The disciples asked him that. And he says, he answered them, verse 11, because it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. It's given to believers, disciples, to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Uh, you'll center friends and backsliders and carnal Christians don't care about this. But you, you care about it. How does he know? Because you ask questions. And you keep following him. And you keep coming back. Not because you ain't got nowhere else to go on Sunday. Because <laughs> you get crazy enough, you'll find something else to do. The devil will make sure he's plotting for everybody. They have something else to do. Amen. So it's given to believers to know. That is such a blessing. Are you kidding me? He's going to open up mysteries to us. Because we're following him. 
I don't care if you're grumbling and complaining all the way. Somebody got to twist your arm and make you come. At least you show up. You understand what I'm saying? He'll, he'll, he'll work with that. God is so merciful. Something dragged you here. But we have the inside track. We're not outside, we're inside people. Biggest trick of the devil is to make people feel rejected and it don't apply to them. They're not like the other people. You know, comparing all the time. He does that to insiders only. He don't do that to outside people. But he'll mess with an insider. Make you feel you, well, I can't pray like, like that. I, I, you know, so and so is you always comparing, always comparing. Or you're better than everybody. One day, one day you're a doormat and a dog. The next day you, oh, I don't need that. I know that. Oh, is she on that again? She needs to find something. She needs to study more. Find something else to preach. <laughs> Telling them old jokes again. Praise the Lord. He said to you, you got the inside track, fellas. Amen. It's given to you the mystery of know the mystery of the kingdom. He said, for whosoever has, in other words, you've received something from God. I thought I was a have not. Oh no, you have. You have something. And it's not just salvation but God's invested something in you and he knows what it is and he knows you got it you need to be informed as to what you got huh see the more we listen to negative voices the more we listen to craziness the less we think we have because poverty is just so common a poverty mindset is common among all people All races, all colors, everybody. Everybody feels like they're the least. They're the, like Gideon, you know. That's a common thing, like Moses. Oh, I don't know, God. I I can't talk. You know, everything he lacked, God had an answer for it. Because he was chosen to do this. We've been chosen to do what we're doing. Huh? So we're insiders. We have something of value. And so when God sees he's put something in us, he adds more to it. So we need to get with the program and accept that he's put something valuable in us and he's adding more to it instead of listening to the devil telling us we're not this, we're not that. We're... Because if you let him convince you you have nothing, you'll start to act like you have nothing, and what you have will be taken from you. See, we're all riding this edge a little bit of are we all the way in? Are we on the border? Are we straddling the fence? Sometimes, you know, you just need somebody to come push you. All the way. (laughs) Huh? 
as like a sad gambler. Bet everything except that last $5 chip, and it's like, throw that in there, too. What you holding on to that for? Not making you rich. You don't know how to, how the game is played. Amen. He says, and so because they're losers is what he's saying. They don't have anything in the little bit they think they have. They're, they're losing it to the devil every day. I don't invest much in them people. Why would he invest in somebody's not doing anything with what he's already given them? We're winners all as long as we obey God. The day you start bucking and fighting and carrying on, he'll start to withdraw. Can't add to it because of our attitudes. He says, oh, that bunch of losers. He said, I speak to them in parables. I'm not going to feed them much because they're not doing anything with what I told them the last time. He said, for this reason, he says, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, by hearing you shall hear and not understand, ever learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth, seeing you shall see and not perceive. In other words, you're like a blind person. Your eyes are wide open, but you don't know what's going on. He says, because of this, you see and don't, don't, uh, don't see and you hear and don't understand. Why? Because your heart's, here we go with the heart thing again. If your heart's hardened, you can sit up under the word and get nothing. You just wait until time is up to run out of here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't be like that. He says these people's heart is whack gross, wax gross. In other words, it's gotten hard. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed. Lest at any time, you see, see, if you soften your heart, open your eyes and open your ears at any time, the word will start to go in. See how merciful God is? You're not just written off. He says at any time, you can change all of this. By changing your attitude about him, about his word, about what's required of you. Everybody thinks that when they have to put effort into something, that it's never going to pay off. You ask people, you know the most angry people? I just thought about this because I heard somebody make a comment about it. Are the people with the gym memberships. I'm serious. I know we wouldn't know anything about that, but ask your, that's coach. Ask him about what they are sacrificing because many of them have to stay active with what they're doing in other, in order to keep up their program, in order to keep up their weight, in order to keep up their training, in order to keep up everything. And they can't get into a facility now. So they're all sitting around getting Losing, I mean, the ones that are smart find a way to keep up somewhat. But they've lost out on what their goal was that they were working toward. Some of them very much, uh, there's a, a, a man, I didn't know him, when, I don't know wrestlers or anything like that, you know. I, I know the total divas, I thought it was something else, I didn't know they was 
they was working out. I said, what, what's making me watch this? I don't like the <laughs> conviction every five minutes, you know. That's what I think wrestling is. But this guy's name is Tyrus. And he uh, decided that he was going to go on a wait. Well, he had been away from wrestling for now his career has changed. He wants to get back in shape again. But he was complaining. He said, I lost a lot of weight. He said, but I'm not in the gym where he said, I got gym equipment here, but I'm not at the place where I know it's going to work for me. You understand what I'm saying? And so there are certain things that that God has put in our lives that are going to work for us. We need to have these spiritual exercises done. But when a, a, a an overweight, flabby person starts, they don't think it's going to work for them. Why? Because it's new. Oh, I've been saved a lot of years, and I'm, I'm not new. Now, I'm not a baby Christian. You new to this. Because every day is an adventure in God. You don't know what might be required. Huh? Some must be new to you because you acting like it's first time. <laughs> I mean, ain't no harm in nothing being new. Come on now. We're all new at something. Huh? So I told my husband when he complained about my housekeeping. Really? Seriously? Every day? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Whatever. So, um, anyway, where were we? He says, this people's heart, verse 15, this people's heart is wax gross. That's why they don't see and don't understand. And their eyes are dull of hearing. Their their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes, they close lest at any time. Lest at any time. This is the decision that people can make. Every time you hear the word, you make the decision to hear it and receive it or to shut down and say this isn't for you. Or you be glad when we get to something that you like. Amen. And so... When God God begins to open us up, he says, lest at any time they will hear with their eyes, hear with their ears, see with their eyes, understand with their heart. So this is what you yield yourself to when you yield yourself to the word. You yield yourself to understanding in your heart. Hearing with your ears and seeing with your eyes. Why? So that you can be converted and then healed. What does conversion entail? It it entails being totally flipped over from one direction into another. Amen? You're the same body, just like if you buy a convertible car. It's the same car, drives the same and all that. But when you put that top down, girl... You somebody. Amen. And so you're, it's enhanced. Your conversion enhances. You're the same person, but you are totally different on the inside. Amen. That's what needs to be done when we're focused on symptoms all the time and get distracted and wonder what's one. How, when is this going to happen? Why is it taking so long? Your soul's not converted yet. God wants you to get to the point where nothing moves you. Where the the the, the uh, older saints used to say, "You know that you know that you know," 
Amen. And you know it, it can't be taken away from you. Huh? You've got to be confident in the fact that you'll see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Amen. In the land of the living, this ain't a heaven thing. You, you got to be confident in that. Amen. And unwavering in it. Because it is true. So he says, he wants to convert our souls from being uh, illness conscious and, and chasing down symptoms, wondering, investigating your own body. You haven't been to the doctor. You know, you've been looked over umpteen times. You don't need to investigate yourself. Huh? We need to have understanding. Amen. When people don't accept God's way, like, you know, you'll see people as, oh, I, I don't go to these churches no more. They just want this. They want that. We want that. If you won't subject yourself to understanding, you'll never be converted. You understand? And some people, they, they're religious. They don't want much from God. They just want to argue with you and try to steal what you got. I'm going to say it again. Some people, they're planted there to rob you. Amen. Just take your brain out and hand it to them. Get it over with. Huh? But their job in your life now is to hinder you. As badly as we need to have our faith encouraged. The enemy is always sending people to rob us of our confidence in him. Amen? They'll do it. That's why you don't listen to people. If somebody has something negative to say about any child of God, you just keep it moving. Amen? Say, well, do you want to pray about it? Well, that ain't what I'm talking about. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. See, people who don't go to church or attend regularly are void of understanding because they are not taught. God raises up ministers to teach us, folks. We ain't here for nothing. We ain't window dressing. You know what I'm saying? Huh? This happens to church goers, too. They're church goers who aren't engaged in anything. Amen? Everything's too much for them. They do this too much. They do that too much. Everything's too much. Amen? Amen. So, we we want to let the word get understanding from the word. Amen. Amen. Just just get understanding. I know, you know, people they sit under the word for many years and they feel like they know a lot. But you still have to be submitted to God. You can't you can't just reject his system and think you're okay. Think you're growing and think you're good. Amen. Amen. So tending your garden, I did jot down a few things about that. You know, you want to keep this healing seed growing in you. It's easy for it to stop growing, depending upon what you devote your attention to. Amen. That's why Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, tells us to attend to his word. It doesn't tell you to to attend to anything else. 
So does that mean I can't do this? What you think? You tell don't ask me about what it means. He's talking to you. What you think it means? Huh? It don't say attend to the news, attend to, well, you know, you got to cook and clean. Right, Poppy? Whether you got a man or not, right? Cook and set another plate, act like you're expecting a man to show up. Did I do that right? Huh? And don't go out and get nothing in no bag. I ain't talking about that. Go get some greens. Get you a pressure cooker. Uh-huh. So then you can't make the excuse. I just, you know, I don't know how to cook no greens. Well, they do take longer than an hour. Or maybe I should say 30 minutes. But see, you get your pressure cooker, they done in like an hour. Huh? <laughs> I was talking about, I was going somewhere before I got distracted. Okay, tending your garden. Keep your heart pure, you know. Like Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 tells us, my son, attend to my word. Just mine. Pay attention to me. Amen. If you're going to stretch your neck out to hear something, let it be my word. Let it be my say. Get real interested in what I say. So tending your garden, really, you sum it up by walking in the spirit. We What we would call walking in the spirit. Number one, expect your miracle continually. Because as we just read, it can happen at any time. Any time that you're hearing the word and meditating on the word, it can be released in your body. Focus on one day at a time. Don't project yourself off into when is this going to, don't project this off into the future, wondering when it's going to happen. Be fervent when you pray. In other words, get yourself in the spirit, begin to worship God. When you talk to God, be sincere and be after something. Amen. Desire to see some result every time you encounter God. Even if it's just to to increase your peace or to get a settling on the inside of you. Have a goal. Be after something. Amen. Number four, forgive immediately. Don't put things off that need attending to. Amen. Number five, address God at the beginning and end of each day. Let him be your first thought and your last thought. That's what Jesus means when he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. If you start your day with me, he will be your beginning. If you end the day with him, he will be your end. Amen? And it's good to secure your yourself 
at the beginning of your journey and then be thankful at the end. Amen? Just, and it's a good discipline to get into because you don't lose connection with God. Because it's easy to do that. Get too busy, do this too much or that too much or have too many things planned. Amen? Or let other people plan things for you. Huh? Number six, water your seed in your heart with worship and praise. The things that affect your heart really till the soil. Keep it watered. We said yesterday, soil is both a help to a natural plant and a hindrance. Because if the soil is too hard, it'll want, it will compact around the the seed and won't let the sprouts come out and grow. The sprouts are, you know, the roots are what, what, what nourish the, the seed. They draw water in. They draw other minerals and nourishment in. And so as you water the seed of God in your heart, then that watering causes that word to begin to sprout and grow on the inside of you. And it's a real, it's a real thing. You don't want the, you don't want your heart, you don't want to go off for three or four days without thinking about God, talking to Him, worshiping Him, anything like that, because it begins to pack down. Bless you. And then somebody gotta come blast you out of that. You understand what I'm saying? It's pretty soon it shows on your face. Huh? What's in your heart? That's why the Bible refers to God as the health of our countenance. Amen? He is. He makes your face look healthy. He makes your face shine. Amen? Amen. So water it frequently with worship and praise. Meditate on the word continually. Don't let it depart from your eyes. That's why I gave you those little cards yesterday. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Life and health will come to you if you do this. Huh? Now, we don't have a whole lot of distractions anymore. Most everybody is done with cable. That's too high. No, no, no. Cooking them. Is the empire still on? Good. Amen. So, <laughs> how did what? No, I ain't going to ask you. <laughs> Whatever. Huh? <laughs> Meditate on the word continually. Even when you watch Empire reruns, you meditate on. Or the housewives, that's the other nonsense, nonsense. People get sick of seeing them pull each other's weaves and stuff like that. Huh? Number eight, consider not your body. Don't dwell on if something, what's wrong with you physically? Number eight, number nine, stagger not at the fact that God is going to give you a miracle. Don't be moved, in other words. And number ten, cast down thoughts that challenge the growth of that word in you. 
any word that comes to say, well, it's going to take so long, you you know, it takes too long. It's not going to happen fast now. Uh-huh. You need to tell that little voice, you know what, fast or slow, it don't bother me. I'm getting it anyway because I ain't listening to you no more. I'm turning your station off. Amen. Just shut off the wrong station. Allow the word of God to dwell in your heart richly by faith. Let the faith for different things come up in your heart. It will shock you sometimes. You pursuing health and God will start to begin to give you confidence in another area. He always encourages us on the way. You know what I'm saying? It may not pertain to the mainline thing you think you're after, but that faith is growing in you. It's going to manifest and pay off in some way. But hold on to the healing seed, folks, because, you know, I'm not sure what's what's going to happen in this world. We think it can't get any darker and then something else happens. You know what I'm saying? And so the our only refuge and our only and the only one we need is the word of God. Amen. All right. We'll stop. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us with understanding, blessing us with power. Your word is full of power. And we're so grateful for that, Lord. We thank you for it. And we bless you. Father, I pray for every soul here and for everybody watching on the Internet. Satan, I rebuke you from lying to God's people. I rebuke you. I rebuke your lies. I command you to shut up. Stop talking to people. Period. You're not their father. You're a thief and a liar. And we will attend to God's word. We will delight in God's word. We will receive and be blessed by the holy word of God. And we thank you for that. Bless you for it. We honor you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So we're healed. Amen. Rona don't have us and we don't have her. Amen. Praise God.